All right, <clears throat> part three, Bank on Yourself. This episode is strictly about um, planning for college for kids or grandkids. This is a really good use of a banking policy that kind of, uh, at first when I learned about it, I didn't buy it because I'd been programmed in other ways to fund college or you know medical school for your kids or veterinary school or if you're taking care of grandkids or you, you know, you're taking care of a child or uh, niece or nephew and you have to pay for this later, this is a really good way to do it. And it's probably one of there there was two there was two reasons why we bought the policies 14 years ago. This was one of the reasons was college planning. The second was retirement planning. Which sounds really odd, right? If you're like, hey, I'm using a life insurance policy for college planning and to pay for college and to retire. But that's the va- that's the benefit of, of using um, a properly designed banking policy using the right components. So if you haven't listened to part one or two yet, I really encourage you to do that um, because it's going to give you some, some foundation. Okay, so this is... You have a child or you have children or you have grandchildren or someone that you have to fund and pay for an advanced degree. Now, that could be – not an advanced degree. Sorry. That could be college. It could be a trade school. It could be vet school, med school, law school, right? There's – whatever that looks like for you, it, it's probably a sizable amount of money that you'd have to um, s- spend to pay for this education. And for us – um, I have 11-year-old twins, so in about seven years, six or seven years, I'm going to be faced with this issue, and um, I don't know what's going to happen. And so one of the beautiful things about a banking policy is because you own it, it's your bank, it's your cash value, cash that you've accumulated in the policy that you can withdraw. You can just take it. You can take a loan. And pay a small interest back, interest rate back to yourself. There's lots of flexibility. So, what we decided to do is we compared this to what were our other options. So, you have take money out of a 401k or liquidate some stocks or mutual funds. Um, that's a, that's one thing that a lot of people think about. So, if you're if and I'll just tell you how we thought about it. So if we do that, we lose the ability to earn money on that money going forward as we're withdrawing the money. That's a big thing. Two, what if the value of that asset, that stock or mutual fund or 401k is going down in value? What if it happens in 2008, 2009? You're, in, you're really in trouble, right? You're having to withdraw money that just dropped 40% or 30%. So um, that's a risk when you're withdrawing money out of an, a pre-tax account like a stock, mutual fund, 401k, um, even bonds, right? They all can go down in value. And so a big risk of, of using just one asset class and retire is something called sequence of returns. And you can read about it. So that's a big thing that can really hammer you and, and cause your money to go away a lot faster. So we have that. <clears throat> what else could we do? We could do a home equity loan, right? Um, you have to get approved. You have to pay interest, right? And you have to make sure nothing else is going on. So they, the bank has to approve that. We could do... Um, pay it from savings, which that's a lot of savings. So probably that's not a good option f- for most people. We could pay it out of cash flow of earnings. And that's what my dad did when I was younger. Um, but that, that could be a lot of money. Like some of these schools, what if they're like, hey, I want to be an attorney or a doctor? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's not just four years of, <laughs> that's six or eight years 
Um, and so we could use paid out of, of earnings. But what happens if something happens to your earnings? So we were thinking about uh, we could do a 529 plan was another one. Oh, do a pre-tax 529 plan. Cool. It's still in the stock market, which means it can go down. Doesn't mean it's going to go up. Like this whole compounding thing that you see about investments only works if your value never drops. And that's not the case. That's the piece they leave out. So it could be going down in value. And what if, and with a 529, what if they decide not to go to school? What if they get a scholarship? What if they go to the military? Right? What if they're really good at sports or a, a, an instrument? There's all, and then you've saved all this money and now you have to use it. Otherwise, you pay big penalties. So you've unwound all the value of the goodwill of saving it, only to find out that they got a scholarship, which is amazing, but now you have all this money you got to pay more tax on. So that was another option. Um, when I learned about banking, what you can do, just imagine over time, you're, you're putting excess, you're overfunding the account, and the account is generating cash value on its own, the base policy. And a properly designed policy uses riders, paid up addition riders, one of them, term riders, the other one, where you're, you're maxing out the amount of money you can put in cash. It's all post-tax for you. And it's growing tax-free for the most part, the way you use it the correct way. And then when you need to use it, when that time comes, you can either withdraw the money and it's your money, it's your cash, or you can take a loan out and then you can pay the bank back from a loan. But it gives you ultimate control and flexibility. And that's what I liked. Um, I like the fact that I could make that decision um, based on the scenario. And if something happened where we didn't need to need use it, maybe... You know, our, one of our kids started a comp- starts a company at 16 and they never go to college. That's a, that's a, that's a possibility. I'm not saying you have to, my kids have to go to college. That thing is changing a lot. So there's all kinds of variations that could happen. And I'm like, hey, cool. We don't need to worry about it. So that money is now going to be used for something else. It's double duty. It's not just being accumulated for one thing. It's being accumulated for whatever we need. And that was a big thing. The second thing is that... Um, it's the, the way this cash value builds and the policy builds, it's guaranteed never to go down in value. The gains get locked in every year. You will never lose money, which is almost you almost hard to believe when people hear that. And you got to be, you know, show me the proof. No problem. Your seat on the policy statement, it's, it's contractually guaranteed to never drop in value, which means you're never going to lose money, which means you have true compounding. <clears throat> so this money is accumulating. That was a big thing. Um, the other thing that's that's pretty cool is that if you get a FAFSA loan, F-A-F-S-A, if you get a FAFSA loan um, or you get a grant, sometimes it's based on your income. And so when you withdraw money from your banking policy, it's not earned income. It doesn't count against you. And so you can actually combine these things with FAFSA loans and other types of grants or um, sponsorships you might get, your children might get. And, and that when you pull in the money out of your bank, it's not counting towards your taxable income for the year so that you can actually use these other programs that are available um, if they come up. So hope that helps. Um, to me, it's the guarantees. It's never going to go down. I can use it however I want. Um, the other thing I can do is I can set up a payment structure with my kids instead of getting a student loan. What I probably will do is say, look, mom and dad pay half, you pay half. And then we're going to structure the, the, the payment plan back to the policy however we want. And why would we do that? Um, could, I could pay for, you know, I might change my mind. We could pay for the whole thing. 
we can have them pay for the whole thing and then they pay the bank back. But whose bank is it? It's the Millen family bank. And who's the Millens? It's us and our kids. So we're all in this. We all own this asset. And when mom and dad pass away, guess who gets the bank? The kids. So I'm now teaching them, hey, you want to pay, you want to take this loan. It's okay. We'll pay a small interest rate back to ourselves. Um, and it's going to continue to grow because we use the right non-direct recognition riders and all the components that I've talked about. And you're teaching your kids how this works. That to me is – so not only are they having to earn the, the tuition, they're going to have skin in the game. Um, and again, I might change my mind. Like I don't know, but like I like having some skin in the game. Maybe it's not 50-50. Maybe it's 25 for them, 75% on mom and dad and you pay – you're paying something for it. I think there's going to be a valuable lesson there. And then I can say, look, you're going to pay this loan back in 15 years at at uh, 3% interest or 0% interest or interest only, whatever you want. But the policy has the asset there and they can structure that however they want. So hope this is helpful. Um, and uh, I will try to maybe put a few more uh, episodes about different things.